Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey. This is John Schneider, along with my regular co-host, Brian Manning. Hey, Brian, how's it going today? Hey, John, I'm good. How about yourself? Pretty good, a little tired because it's 8 o'clock and and it feels still like 9 o'clock to me. And I'm an old man and, you know, 9 o'clock starts getting close to my bedtime. But, hey, today we're checking in with everybody on the pod because it is Liberty Week. And what was supposed to be a quote-unquote throwaway game and maybe some garbage time and everything else, turns out that uh, Liberty is ranked 25th, and this is not a trivial football game. This game is a result, basically, of what happened in that when the ACC went with the 10-plus-1 schedule, where the plus-one had to be someone from your home state, and the Hokies and Liberty matched things up. And I think when we saw this, we thought that it would be a good matchup for the Hokies, just in the sense that Liberty was a much better team than ODU or Richmond or anybody like that. So, And then they have Hugh Freeze, former Ole Miss coach, who was doing a good job at Ole Miss and can recruit really well, but he got in trouble with some shady stuff. I won't get too much into that kind of thing right now, but Hugh Freeze is a really good football coach, really good recruiter because he's getting some good players there, and they're pretty wide open on offense. And the one thing I wanted to note was that their quarterback is a transfer from Auburn. His name is Malik Willis. I don't know if too many people are familiar with this, but Malik Willis was a one-time cornerback recruit for Virginia Tech. He was committed for a while to the Hokies, and then Auburn, he's from Georgia. Then one of the SEC schools, Auburn, offered him the opportunity to come to an SEC school and play quarterback, which, I mean, I don't blame the kid. He took it. He didn't get the playing time there. And Bo Nix took over, and he transferred, and he's a pretty good quarterback now for Liberty. Yeah, you can't argue with it right now. He's at 1,122 yards passing. Not only that, but he's their leading rusher with 495 yards, 71 attempts at 495 yards and 7 yards average so he is a true dual threat quarterback and that is a bugaboo of the Virginia Tech defense from the foster years but this year it's a bugaboo with the Virginia Tech defense because our defense has got issues yeah, and the one thing I noticed from looking at Liberty a little bit was their offense is they run the spread kind of wide open, but they're more of a, a run spread team that can pass. And I don't know about you, but it reminds me of the old West Virginia teams with Rich Rodriguez. Yeah, it does. But then again, you know, Freeze is from that same school. So it does not surprise me a bit. They spread the ball around. Their receiving is all over the place. DJ Stubbs, a Kevin Shaw, and Demario Douglas seem to be their leading receivers. A guy named CJ Yarborough is in there too. But each of them 
Stubbs seems to be the main receiver with 375 yards and 13 nine average. He's got three TDs, but they do spread the ball around. So that means that when you get that many people getting the ball spread around to you, what does that mean? That means your quarterback scrambling around in the backfield, trying to find open guys. It's not like a set play. So Malik Willis, another Malik, they're going to be chasing another Malik around the backfield again. This is one of those things where the Virginia Tech defense is going to have to be disciplined. They've got to not pinch in and overrush on defensive ends. We've got to corral this kid. And none of this giving away the A-gap and trying to rush outside. When you have a running quarterback, something we never learned is you rush in lanes across the line of scrimmage. And those lanes actually have to kind of fan out on the outside a little bit. And then the either the outside linebacker in the mic fill in kind of they, they fit into the slots in those particular gaps. I mean, you gotta stuff this kid and nobody has seems to have been able to really stuff him yet. Up and he's truly a he is like you said, the definition of a true dual threat with eleven hundred yards passing and almost five hundred yards rushing, average seven yards a pop. His longest rush is sixty-seven yards has six scores on the ground, nine through the air. And they've played three different quarterbacks this year, but obviously Malik's got the most of the time. But he's six foot one, 215 pounds, good-sized kid, and not not an easy guy to tackle. So tackling, we know, has been an issue for our secondary this year. So this is going to be a test. And I think the opening lines, what I saw was, I think, 15 points to the Hokies. And and when I first saw it, I think they should cover because I think they should be able to, to run all over Liberty. But I wonder sometimes how much trouble is their defense going to have with Liberty? I do think the Hokies win the football game, but this Liberty team is the good team, but it should not defeat the Virginia Tech Hokies. So. Hopefully not. I mean, like I said, we're, we're not quite in the wrap-up stage yet, but you are right. I see that if we can make the adjustments, what what they were doing over the last couple of games is they were trying to keep the defenders in front of them and stop the gash plays. Of course, two of those didn't happen last week and we got gashed twice, but we didn't get gashed too many other times. And the big thing is, is to keep this kid contained and keep his gains down to the five yard range. Okay. If it's third and short and he's going to keep the ball, you're in for another few downs. It's going to be one of those bend and don't break situations. I was trying to look at his numbers as far as picks. This kid is very efficient. He's only got one interception. Now, I don't know because of who they played, including Syracuse, which, hey, look, Syracuse is not good. He hasn't had a real, any sort of real, one, uh, you know, Division One defense to play against or Division One Power Five defense to play against. So maybe we challenge him. I don't know. We'll see. Scrambling quarterbacks tend to make mistakes. One thing I did notice, and, and this is something that I noticed too against Louisville, was a lot of times these dual threat guys, they get sacked more. Surprisingly, they get sacked more than a true pocket guy because they're sometimes scrambling around wondering something, trying to make something happen and somebody gets up on the backside. But I noticed Willis has been sacked, I think it was 11 times, and Malik Cunningham had been sacked 12 times. And we only got to him a couple of times, and that was early. But that's something to watch. Hopefully our linebackers or defensive ends. I noticed in the second half of the game against Louisville, we were sending more pressure. And I want to see more of that. And I think Justin Hamilton's kind of still getting a feel for things as defensive coordinator. Hopefully that's something he gets more comfortable with because they're going to have to change things up and send more pressure because they, they need to get off the field. Yeah, the defense has got to perform next week at least 
to drag Liberty into stalls in the red zone where they have to kick field goal or maybe force a fumble or force a couple of bad situations, maybe draw a couple of holding calls to try to slow down a drive. I just think this is going to be another try to be an anchor and drag the other offense into sort of bogging down and losing energy by the end of the football game, which seems to be the winning football games that we've had, seems to be what the strategy has been. It's just kind of wear them out. And, you know, yeah, grit your teeth and they might score, but it took them eight minutes to do it. So, you know, of course, then we're going to come back after the break and talk about what that means on the other side of the ball for the Hokies. So if everybody will hang in there, listen to the message. Let's come back and we'll talk later after the commercial. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Gobbler Country's Talk in Turkey. Before the break, we were discussing Liberty, their offense, and some of their key players, including quarterback Malik Willis, a one-time former Virginia Tech cornerback who played his first two years at Auburn before transferring to Liberty. He's a good player. Well, now we want to talk about the Hokies' offense and what can we expect this weekend against Liberty. As you know, as you're reviewing Liberty's defense, nothing really stands out because this is the opponents they've beaten through six games. They've beaten Western Kentucky, Florida International, North Alabama, Alabama, Louisiana Monroe, Syracuse, Southern Miss. The one thing that sticks out, Syracuse, which is an ACC foe, but Syracuse is the absolute dregs of the ACC this year. But it is important to note that Liberty did go into the Carrier Dam and win by 17. That's still impressive for a program like Liberty to go pull that off. But as far as our offense against their defense, I feel pretty good about it, John. What about you? Yes, as long as it's a physical matchup, I don't think Cornelson's going to fool anybody most of the time. I think his play sheet's going to be like his standard six plays and a lot of reads. I don't see their defensive line getting much penetration. They've only got a couple of sacks this year. They have one defensive player who stands out in the sacking and tackling department, and that's Anthony Butler as a linebacker. He's got 41 total tackles, one sack. He's got two interceptions, so he's pretty active in the backfield, but it looks like he's downfield. Their sack leader is a guy named Treshawn Clark, who is defensive end, and he's got three and a half sacks. He's got 20 total tackles, nine solos and 11 assists, which means he's a really active defensive end. So they have a safety who looks like he's stacking up. So the big thing is, is that their linebackers have to do the lion's share of the work. They have a safety, Javon Scruggs, who looks like he plays mostly outside linebacker. He's got one pick, too, and forced fumble. So they're going to have to watch for him. But their defense is not incapable, okay? Their defense actually is a functional defense. I just don't think they're going to handle our offensive line. I really don't. Right now, if everybody's healthy noon on Saturday, our offensive line matches up way above the heads of their defensive line. We'll see because that means we can run the ball. If our offensive line works real well, that means we're going to be running the ball. That means Khalil Herbert is not going to get chased down as much as he was in the past. And now they're going to be keying for him. So that's going to open up other avenues. That's going to open up Hooker from more Hooker on the ground. So between the two of them, I think we're going to see something fairly, an attack fairly similar to last week where they're going to leverage stuff across the zones. I think you're probably going to see a lot of zone runs. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to see too many stretches, but you're going to see a lot of zone runs and a lot of zone counters, you know, where they give Herbert the uh, opportunity to run with his head up and make changes in direction. 
So I think we can run on them. And then the passing game, I think, is going to be the same it was before. I don't know about you. How about you feel about that? I expect Hooker to have another big game like he had last week. I think he'll throw more than 10 times, probably. However, I think we will wear him down with the run. I think we're going to go for over 300 yards again this week. And I don't know other than I believe Herbert's going to have a big game. I think he's going to go for over 150. Just a sense, and I believe the Hokies are going to – they probably don't want to show too much. When I don't know how much – when I say that, I don't think Cornelson's that thoughtful and that thought out, actually. So I think they'll, they're going to try to win with the running game because we know, we all know when Cornelson, when things get tight, he's not a guy who can step above the competition and out, outsmart anyone, or, or at least that's not something I've seen yet. No, at this point, like I said, this play sheet with his six plays, because they're read option plays or RPOs, they're like three plays each anyway, depending on what, what the defense does you read and whether you hand it off or not. I mean, I've seen some games where there's some pretty poor reads on the field made for whatever reason, but it's just, I don't think he's going to put all of everything in this one. I think they're going to try to just overpower Liberty's defensive line, get to their linebackers at the second level and try to make sure that this is another, you know, M1 tank game. They want to run it run it hard, run it fast, and keep doing it. Then they'll throw to to make up yardage if they need it, but I don't think they're going to throw if they don't need to. I'll take that back for a couple of things. You might see Blackshear on the reverse screen where Hooker kind of rolls out back, you know, and goes back and flips the ball out to either the tight end or Blackshear. I think we might see that bubble screen. You'll probably see Trey Turner with a couple of crossing routes, and they'll try Tavion Robinson, they'll try to, you know, get a seam rip somewhere or a deep cross. It's just hit that every once just to keep the defense loose, but it'll be standard stuff. I just don't see them getting too cute. That about sums it up for me as well. I agree with you. So at this point, the final divots are what's going to happen with the weather. I'll look that up later because it's too early to, to worry about it just now. Okay. I actually looked at the weather today and it was showing 70 degrees and only like a 10% chance of rain. So it yeah. looks like we might have a beautiful day on Saturday. Yeah, I know. It's supposed to be, and I just kind of get my fingers crossed because, of course, I live here. So it's nice on a Saturday when the weather's nice. But the big thing that I'm concerned about is it's a 12 o'clock game, and this team has a little bit of trouble getting its juice going for a 12 o'clock game. That does seem to be the case. That I agree with you. It does seem to be the case. So I'm, maybe it's a little scheduling, maybe it's a little, because you know how, I mean, it was, it was always hard for us to get ready. You know, you got to get up, you had to get all the way out here by 10 o'clock in the morning because we had to get over to the stadium. You know, it's just 12 o'clock games are just a real chore. And I would imagine that it's going to be one of those things. I think that's going to be the, it might be a slow start, you know, like a burned off first series attempt and everybody's just going to have to grit their teeth. I don't know. We'll see. I do know that this is the one thing I'm going to leave everybody with and I'm going to leave Brian with and for his final say is I think they're going to have to steal themselves to the fact that they're going to have to score every time they touch the ball. That's just me. Yeah, I believe we're going to see another game where the Hokies go over 40 points this week. Let's just hope they keep the opponents down this week. They need another blowout win. It just would seem nice again. Yeah, it would. It would. I'd love to have a blowout. It would be good for everybody's ego, that's for sure. And I think, you know, of course, my rankings article on Sunday would appreciate it, right? At least something to talk about besides complaining that we didn't make the rankings again. So 
If everybody will, you know, hang in there, this article will be out. My prediction will be on the bottom of it. I think we're going to win, but I'll have, still have to cogitate a little bit on the score. And I know we said Brian's thinking we're going to win too. So Brian, your score prediction, or, or it's going to be on your article. So preview post, it'll go out probably Friday morning early. All right. So as we get these Friday morning, we're going to come back. I don't know what Brian's got up for his kind of midweek article. But Brian, you were going to do a pokies in the NFL thing. So that might be fun for everybody to see. Maybe we need, both need to work on that. Yeah, I think the Hokie fans would be excited to know that some of the guys are doing well, especially I would say this year, Kendall Fuller's having himself a great year. One thing to note is Isaiah Ford, our all-time leading receiver, I think for one year until Cam Phillips passed him. Isaiah was traded to the New England Patriots yesterday, and I think that would be where he is with Dalton King. So that'll be that may be something that would interest him. Maybe Belichick's finally starting to notice us. Well, if everybody will take care, and Brian, we're going to leave him with what we always leave him with. Go Hokies. Go Hokies.